an AppleViz original. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome. Welcome to AppleViz Unleashed for April 2023. I am Thomas Donville, also known as Anonymous. Alongside here with my co-host is Mike Malarcy. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. I got a haircut. I'm ready for summertime. I'm excited. I've been shorn. My hair was like more than halfway down my back, and now it's gone. Oh, man. I was going to ask all gone. how big of a change it was. So Huge. You, had, you had the old ponytail going on there? Hell yeah. Yep. I could like reach my hand behind my back, maybe like four inches above where a belt would sit, and I could grab the end of my hair. And now it's Man. gone. You grew there for a long time to get oh, that it's been long. Years, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> now you got your. Now what are you doing? You get what kind of hairstyle did you get? Like, you know, like military cut. It's it might be a little bit long. Actually, I would probably be just on the edge of military regulations. It's like <laughs> for those of you who are familiar with normal clippers, it's like a two on the side and the tops like maybe an inch. It's it's very shorn. Oh man, I get my hair cut to the nub. I I I get about a half inch. I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it, but I felt like going from like fourteen inches to quarter inch. I wasn't quite ready for all of it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I half inch on top, quarter inch on the sides, and because I have this uh, aging problem where I have this, I call a uh, a cliff. In the front of my head now, because, you know, mm-hmm. where I used to have a hair used to come down. Well, oh, yeah. It's like this big cliff right there. I'm in my mid-30s. <laughs> it's starting to recede. I know I know it. I'm I'm just setting a foot into that stuff, so. <laughs> that's new. That's what's new with me. Awesome. That's about that's, it. Oh, man. Just keeping busy, doing so many podcasts this month. There's been a lot of extras, a lot of interviews, a lot of different how-to series. So, been a busy month Stay for busy. me in terms of podcasts. Um, heading on out to Walt Disney World, of course, next month before we do the May edition. So, I'll be back before uh, then. So, I'm excited. Now, I did find something out, Mike, and I was like, oh, man, I can't believe this happened. So, I was like noticing that we haven't gotten any voicemail in quite some time. And thankfully... One of our listeners out there kind of wrote me an email that says, hey, it's disconnected. I was like, what? Uh-oh. So I checked it, and sure <laughs> enough, it was disconnected. Uh-oh. So I, 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 it's all my fault. I apologize profusely for this, this happening. So we do have a new number. So write this down. It's 1-816-287-1482. That's our new number. Leave your voicemail on there, and we will try our best to put it on our show for the mailbag. We would love to start having mailbags, so any feedbacks, thoughts, or just to say howdy, give it to us. Just call that number, or if you'd like, we will also accept audio clips and emails. So for those that don't want to use that phone number or can't reach that U.S. number, I get it. Use your email. Send us an audio clip of what you want to ask and what you want to to make on the Unleash, and we may choose yours to be in the mailbag. So I was kind of embarrassed. Oh, yeah. It awesome. happens. That's one of those things that feel like, especially if they don't let you know, hey, uh, your number is off. Right. I was like thinking it was working the whole time and everything. No. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't call myself regularly to make sure mine's working. Right. And I'm not even sure how it got disconnected, to be honest. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, but. Nonetheless, it happens, but we got a new number, so write that down. Another thing to write down, folks, is that Apple has announced, and it's that time of the year for the WWDC, which is the Worldwide Developer Conference, coming up. And, you know, Mike, one of the things I found out about this, it says this is uh, 34th WWDC conference. I was like, 34? I had the same exact thought when I read that. I paused for a second. I said, really? Yeah. I was just kind of taken aback. I, you know, I'll be honest. I never really thought about it. You and I are kind of new, I suppose, to WDC. So that's 1989 when it started. I guess everything would make sense if they were doing it back then. I guess really, let's be fair. Nobody talked about Apple back then. 
or very no. few people, I'll put it that way. Not a lot of folks knew what was going on back then. Right. And so I was thinking, wow, yeah, you're right. I don't think it really started picking up to like mainstream it was when the iPhone come out. And I think everybody mm-hmm. was just a, an Apple uh, gung-ho user or just starting to like Apple and start yeah. to listen to it. Before that, it, my only memory of any of it was when they, gosh, the iMacs, they were like cube shaped but like there was an orange yeah. and blue and green one like those kind of i don't even know what model that was i'm sure someone out there listening to this is saying it right now the same <laughs> one to the movie zoolander i think it was zoolander but yeah that was old. other than that that was my first memory of apple, apple yeah the big you know, little existed. cube and it had yep. a little monitor right there and i've seen recently that they offered the casing of that but they made them into aquarium so you got this oh that's kind of fun is that i thought i might have to get one of those yeah, that was kind of pretty cool. slick um so get your calendar out folks circle the state down which is june 5th and i realized that it's a week-long conference but for a majority of the listeners here we are uh focused on june 5th and but it is a week-long conference that goes through the ninth but we should be able to have our typical keynote on June 5th. And that's the day that we all are just standing by. Well, myself will be knocking out all my appointments and everything and making that day an Apple day. And that is to listen to the keynote. And we will, have you ever listened to one of those keynotes? Oh yeah. It's been, a, it's been a few years since I've done it. And like this year, like most years that on June 5th, I'm on an airplane traveling, so I'm not even going to be able to listen to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, I used to, my kids even kind of got into it for a little while and like popcorn was a thing and they'd all pile in the living room when I had it on. Oh, it's been a bit cool. since I've done that though. I mean, I don't know if they'd be interested anymore. Probably if they're talking about new stuff, my kids love that. Yeah, maybe. Um, of course, they're going to be announcing all the different various OS. We'll find out the new Mac name that we'll try to remember and lose over years. You know, I, it's one thing to have a version number and then another to have a name of the OS. Kind of, I, I don't have that good of a memory, so I, I can't even remember what was last year. It just so. doesn't stick in my brain very well. Right. And I know that it's not just me. I, those names are very difficult for me to... I couldn't even tell you which one's the current, which one was last year. <laughs> it's too many. It's hard. Right. Ventura, there's, uh, gosh, um, Yosemite and, and all this. Yeah, I don't even know. There's just right? so many. And then I start, <laughs> and then I start getting confused. I'm like, wait, am I just listing places in California now? Or am I even talking about the OS anymore? Right. Maybe it's, it's just like, me being old. I don't know. Man, they got to be running out of California names. But anyway, the... We can expect a new iOS 17, a new iPad. Everything should be coming out. There's some interesting leaks starting to come out with those, and we'll be talking about that in a minute. But in a nutshell, really my understanding what we're probably going to expect is iOS 17 is the one that we all are looking at, and that is going to be just primarily going to be a refresher year, meaning that they're not going to introduce any major new feature, but more of updates and improving on the existing apps that they have itself. So, which is good. Some of you may be disappointed, but it's been known that every other year is going to be a refresher year. And it sounds like that's going to be, I heard the Mac isn't going to get much love this year either. So it's going to be kind of a, hmm, we'll have to see kind of a year in terms of iOS, but the big one, Mike, and this is the big one, will the mixed reality headset making appearance. I wanted to just because I'm genuinely curious about what it's going to do, how much it's actually going to cost, what kind of capabilities it has. I just want to know. I want the answers to all the questions. The rumors have been flying for so long that I finally just want to put all that to bed and finally know. But like we talked about last month with um, Apple themselves kind of being split. Who knows? Right. Who knows what's going to happen? It's just hard because. Now you have some so-called beta testers out there that are trying this new Reality Pro. I think that's the name of the new headset. We'll just call the Mixed Reality headset for now. But, you know, they say this is a game changer. They absolutely love it. But it still sounds really clunky, as in 
you got this weird battery adapter you have to wear and it's like two hours uh, battery life and it's just a lot of little things but i would like to put this to the rest and get some information out and be done with it i want to see it yeah i'm ready uh, for it me even too if i don't buy it even if it is kind of crap because i can't imagine spending that kind of money for a two-hour battery life on anything but <laughs> i just want it to be here <laughs> i want right? to see it we may not ever own one but that will exactly be- if that comes true, that is definitely going to be worth the popcorn popping and watching on TV. That is the oh, yeah. one everybody's going to be. Going. I'll queue up some YouTube videos and just sit back and watch other people play with them and be perfectly happy. Exactly. I but I did hear one thing and I thought this is really brilliant on Apple's part. And rumor has it that the mixed reality has set will be iPad OS app compatible. So. There's hundreds of thousands of these iPad apps that my understanding should work on the mixed reality headset. I was like, good job, Apple. If that's true, that is huge. Yeah, because then, I mean, they already have watch OS, TV OS, iPad, iPhone, Mac. I would hate to add another one. Let's just, I think it's a great idea. If you could just roll it into something that's already there, why reinvent the wheel all over again? Exactly. Hopefully they just find a compelling way to make it worthwhile, I guess. Because I can't, I mean, some of the iPad apps, I'm just imagining that stuck to my face. And I'm, I wonder what would be the point of that. But there's way smarter people than myself that know how to actually build things and integrate it with a system like this. I want to, I'm very curious to see what they're able to do with it. Yeah. One of the things I saw was they mentioned like Kindle and that'd be, you'll be able to read it. Um, on your glasses now i'm thinking myself this is going to ruin millions of people's eyesight they're all going to have to get glasses after doing this (laughs) (laughs) so it'll be interesting how much eye strain that's going to put on the those recited but as like you we are probably not going to get a lot of news about what in terms of accessibility i hope it does but we will soon find out but if it does take ipad then I can't see why all the apps that we like, Ira, Envision, Be My Eyes, all those guys couldn't get in there. But something to think about. I am definitely looking forward to that the most. If it doesn't drop, man, it's going to be a really luck, lackluster day and I'll just waste my popcorn for that day. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can do. Yep. Uh, the music chairs are still going on with the rumors of the iPhone 15. Okay, Mike, I was really disappointed to hear the story. So as always, you know, Apple always make different prototypes. There are many different prototypes of phones generally in the in-between time between when they release a phone. And these prototypes are like wishful thinking and the most failback phone that we can rely on when it comes to, we can decide on at the last minute. Well, that time is starting to come really close and they had to make a decision on the design. And my understanding, they, they kind of had to make some design changes back to the traditional buttons. So meaning it sounds like the solid state button that I was getting all excited for is not going to happen. I was looking forward to that one too and it did we are at that time of the year where the rumors seem to be really they're flying and we're at that point like fairly good idea but who actually knows but i just really wanted that really wanted that solid state right the mute button i'm intrigued especially potentially being able to set it to do what i want yes what they want that like there's still uh there's still things that have me very curious i this i'm 100 percent planning on getting this phone as soon as it's available i'm like you i really want the solid state buttons i just love the feel of them and the vibration the haptic all that would have been beautiful and as mike has mentioned is that the story is as of right now the mute button is no longer going to be a switch it's actually going to be a button. So now we're going to have three buttons on the left side of the device, which is your switch and the two volume buttons and the right side for your Siri button or whatever you want to call it, the side button. Um, I'm not sure how to make that, but 
the good news is that they're talking about that new button is not only going to replace the mute button, but it's also not going to be the action button. Now, if you're not familiar with the action button, this came out with the Watch Ultra, and they have this, what they called an action button. So it's kind of like a uh, whatever kind of a button you want to make it. So Apple will give you a set of things you can pick from what that button will activate. That is pretty cool. Um, I hope the mute option is still going to be kind of easy to do. I would, <laughs> I would, I would hope genuinely hope that they <laughs> don't make that a switch somewhere in a control center. Right. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, we all use that mute button. I mean, if it's starting to go dinging and making sounds that we get crazy about, we, we hit that mute switch. Um, so hopefully they'll make, I, I we know Apple, they will make it where I think we will all be happy with. There's got to be a compromise and Apple is pretty good at that. So with that, I'm, that I'm pretty excited. If it had an action button that something I can do with, that would be kind of cool. I mean, although we do have this new gestures that we can do on our phone, like double tap on the back that can do, I suppose, different action that we do with an action button. Yeah, I that one kind of hit or miss for me. I do have mine set to like magic tap, play and pause. It works like 70% of the time, probably. I just personally, I'm excited to have something new to play with. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like the last few phones that I've had, not that much is different, which is fine. Um, but this is something new and I just, I'm, I'm intrigued. Heck, you know, anything that has a new button and an action button, yeah. that would be kind of cool. And for those that haven't gotten to the 14, we still have that, the dynamic, dynamic island. island. <laughs> <laughs> so I, if they're supposed to improve that, but the thing is that bothers me about reading all this is that they want to make that button now part of the initial shutdown or hard reset of your phone. I was like, hmm, you know, the problem I have is like, you have to ask that person, which version of the phone you have? Because right. everything is different. That is one thing it seems change all the friggin' time. And that's going to mess a lot of people up. I don't like that mostly because that was one of my biggest complaints about Android if you were having some kind of issue, the first question was, okay, well, what kind of phone do you have? And then what, uh, what version of the software are you running on? Like that was the first question because things were dramatically different from phone to phone. And that was one of the things I personally really liked about Apple is that it was the same. And right. we're, we're, that's that path is starting to, that gap, I suppose, is getting wider and wider between different phone types and is it's about to get just as confusing. And it's even more confusing because there are multiple ways to shut down a device. And so it's like, you have to ask them, which way did you do it? Oh, I held the volume up and then side button, or did you yeah. tap the up, down, then hold down the side? Which one did you, you know, and now we got this action button with this new button that's going to take over. I wish, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, that is the only concern I have. And it's just kind of bothersome that they keep changing. I just wish they just, they, yeah. Yep. Um, so any of the home pod users out there, yes, your first and second generation home pod and myself, my home pod, many owners out there, the Apple have decided to turn on the sound recognition or at least the start of, or launching is sound recognition at this time. It has launched what we call the smoke alarm and carbon monoxide detector. So it will listen for those type of alerts to go off. And if it hears it, it will send you an alert no matter where you are. It will tell you that it detects something. And I did a podcast on this. And the couple of things I learned about this alert, I love that it tells me how long it's been going off. So you can see how many minutes that this alert has been noticed and if it has been stopped and you can do what we call an intercom which means that i can double tap on that message or notification and it'll take me directly to that home pod on its microphone and i can listen into the house and i can talk with other people in the house if i need to um etc i thought this was pretty cool new feature i was actually just thinking about how handy that might be having because my oldest now is 14 
and sometimes talks about wanting to get into cooking and things like that. And I'm thinking, this is not a bad idea because if I ever wander off to check the mail while someone's here baking cookies or something, just in case, it'd be nice to pop right back in and be like, hey, what is that? Who Are you burning things? Did you check the oven? What are you doing? I kind of like it. I like having I, the option at the very least. Oh, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, I love it. Now, I have to hand it to the A-Lady. She already beat out there. It has its own um, sound recognition, too, and it does a yeah. lot more. And it's got similar options we can do drop-in, which is a similar concept of the intercom, but the reliability and the consistency being in the Apple, um, Apple ecosystem is what I love about it because I don't have a fancy smoke detector. It is a smoke detector slash carbon monoxide, so I at least have that copy detector. It detects both, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it's not anything fancy. I've seen some out there that's got Bluetooth and it'll send you alerts. I I just want a $29.95 um, smoke alarm. <laughs> Especially, I don't know about you, but mine seemed to go off for no reason. If I cook bacon in this house, my smoke alarms will go off every time, no matter what. Well, I, don't know. I would not probably love it if uh, my smoke detectors could call me every time, every time there was a problem. Hmm. Well... The only suggestion I can think of is clean it out. Always clean it out. Make sure there's no webs and stuff making it weird. And sometimes it just needs to be replaced, especially if it's at least two, three years old. I know that doesn't sound like right, but they do age and they do get funky. Yeah, this this house is only two years old. Oh, Um, man. They're just very (laughs) sensitive. I don't know if it's that or I don't know. Maybe they need some dust to kind of settle down a little bit. All right, here's my advice. Open a kitchen window. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been the go-to method lately. Just right? All the windows. Uh, every time my wife blackened things, I said, open the window. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to set that off. Yep. We get the signaling fan going. Anyway, uh, it's a good start, and I hope that we will get more sound recognition. I love this, and I hope to get more and more. Um, knocking would be a good one. If somebody's knocking on the door, for some reason, I get a lot of people knock on the door and not use my ring doorbell. So it's hard for me to hear the knocking. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of a nice thing to have. Do you yes. get a lot of, you get a lot of just random visitors? Not really. I mean, like when people deliver things or I have my neighbor come over, they just right. like knock and it's not like I get it all the time. But it's just every so often when I'm expecting yeah. someone. Usually I just get solicitors. So yeah i don't have a ring doorbell i don't intend on getting one because that'll just be that much more annoying (laughs) true that is true i don't get that many solicitors i I actually so many i mean really i don't get maybe once a month oh wow yeah that'd be nice in the summertime once a week it's probably normal yeah i get it um move over guys there's a new bank in town Apple has really ratcheted things up and they're becoming like a little mini bank, Mike. I know. I had very mixed feelings when I read this. Yeah. I'll let you tell the, I'll let you tell the story before I weigh it. Yeah. I'd be really curious about what you think about this new, well, it's not official that Apple's a bank, but it sure seems like they're a bank. So what am I talking about? If you are a Apple credit card user, so you have to have one of Apple's credit card. And if you have one of these, well, guess what? They opened up a savings account for those Apple Card users. And it's a high yield saving account. It is a APR of an APY really of 4.15%, which is decent, guys. It's not bad interest rate. Especially for having no minimum deposit. Right. There's no fees and no minimum deposit. You're absolutely right. There's no, um, some banks like mine, if I have a saving account, there has to be a minimum plus you get fees if you take out too many times in a given period of time. And so there's nothing like that in this. And what is really wild, and it's like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a bank. It is here in the States, we have a bank insurance coverage means that any money that you have in the U.S. bank is covered by FDIC. So if that bank goes out of business or whatever, 
your money is guaranteed by the government and get your money back. So it has a $250,000 insurance guarantee by FDIC. And like Mike says, there are no fees. And that means there's no withdrawal fees as well. And you can do all this within your wallet app. Okay. What do you think? Well, the first thing that popped into my head when I read this was that very recent uh, Silicon Valley banking issue that kind of popped up in the news. <laughs> that was my first thought. And so the idea of now turning around and having in an app on my, in the wallet app, I can just go and apply for a 50 to a thousand dollar loan through Apple, which goes through Goldman Sachs. That just makes me feel a little bit nervous because like there's been bad news. I'm, I, as an individual, I'm already kind of, I just don't big banks. I mean, everybody, if you don't pay any attention to that kind of stuff, I'm like 2008 comes to mind. Like, there's just issues. There's issues with big banks and that kind of stuff, wall street, all of it. And the idea of Apple, which generally has been a tech company now kind of becoming this weird hybrid into a wall street company more so than it already was i don't know it just kind of rubs me the wrong way i don't think this for me i would not use this not even with the pay later feature that they're talking about wow. also rolling out i this I, it's not for me i'm sure some people are going to love this and find it great I, I don't know i'm with the sort that like i'll just sit back and watch what happens for a handful of years and then maybe Maybe once it doesn't uh, break bad for people, <laughs> maybe I'm just mistrusting. Of, right, of, right. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it makes me, it makes me it's, nervous. So the 2008 bank collapse was in fault of the big banks. Those are the big ones. The big ones did all, all that stupid stuff and made a big, huge mess. And then we have this year is the medium-sized banks that weren't regulated and that got himself in trouble. And now the people are moving their money to the big banks. So it's hard to say where safe, but as long as it's guaranteed, that's where I'm looking for. And, oh, yeah. And, Unless um, you have more than 200 and a quarter million dollars of cash <laughs> lying around, you're going to be That's fine. what I was thinking. I said, that's really nice that you have a $250,000 cap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting that they got into this. I agree. I think it's still behind the Goldman Sachs bank, which is a very big bank. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to have the problems like we have this year with the banks because those banks were dealing with millions, if not billions of dollars of people that were pulling out at a time. And that's what caused the collapse is that we had a panic and all these billions sucked out of the bank. Yeah. And supposedly bigger banks are supposed to be able to be more uh, resilient against that. But nonetheless, it is interesting. Now, as Mike says, the Apple Pay Later has now finally launched and is in, is, is in a, a gentle release right now. It means only certain people are um, being able to take advantages. And at some point within a couple of months, it will be open to everyone that has an Apple credit card. So let's repeat the Pay Later option. That is kind of a short-term loan. I'm going to kind of name that as that. Really, it's, it's installation payments. Um, it makes you do a four-payment installation over a six-weeks period with no interest fee and no fees, which is really, really nice. This is going to be able for you to use in terms of any in-app subscription purchases and on online and the online portion is that it had to be a merchant that support apple pay sounds like it's more of a loan you have to get approved for that so you have to say i want to take a loan out for 200 dollars and for pay later and that way you break it up in four payments in six it weeks. does mention like soft credit checks and things like that one thing that i did not dig into uh, is what happens if you go past that six-week period without paying it. That's one thing I did not, it wasn't covered in the initial article. It might, I'm sure it's in the terms uh, of using this thing, but I'm personally kind of curious about that. I think my circling kind of back to the beginning of this whole thing, I think my issue with this whole idea, I, and maybe this is just me again, being in my mid-30s and just liking the way things I, the way that I do them, it's weird for me to think of my cell phone company also as a bank. Right. Like the, you know, the people that make my phone, it's like going to 
a place I get my oil changed, but also, you know, ordering caviar. Like there's just certain things that in my brain don't seem to go together. And this is one of them, but very curious. And I'm sure there's probably plenty of people that can find very, uh, a whole lot of actual really valid uses for the ability to say, Hey, I just need 500 bucks real quick. I just need to scoop this thing up. Like I'll have the money and I don't know, hopefully this, uh, kids these days, I guess are learning financial responsibility. Cause I don't know that turning my kids loose with the ability to take little micro loans out whenever they felt like it, that scares me, but right. But it's also can be used for good and that's to build up your credit. You're right. And that's the key thing is what if you don't make the four payments, what's going to happen? Is it something that we can go beyond that? Or is it something that that is deadlocked in? You got four payments. If you miss any of that, it'll go through the typical um, delinquents. Um, I hope, well, for me, that would be preferable way for me. um, Make that a hard lock and throw it you don't get this tendency to, well, something came up. I want to make yeah. um that can get you in trouble, but you know, this is kind of to your personal preference, how you deal with life. And if you do that, yeah. you know, there are a lot of people and installments may help you out. There are times in my life I had to get installments to, to get by. It's like, I do have some money. I don't have it all at once, but Absolutely. I will have it over time. And so this is kind of interesting, and as you mentioned too, is that there is a limit to this, and that is you can take a, a pay later option between fifty dollars up to a thousand dollars. That's the maximum. So they're playing safe on their end of things. So it's not like somebody can go with a mega purchase. And yeah, I'm genuinely glad that that limit isn't like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand. A thousand, a thousand's okay, right? Manageable. This is still different. If you still want to purchase a Mac, if you go to the Apple store, they still have some sort of a financial loan that you can purchase those items um, through a longer period of time and paid over time for a year or two. Those still are open. This is just a short-term loan for say. Um, so yeah, it's like Apple is becoming a little bank now. And it's, yeah. I, I'm going to stand from a distance like you, Mike. I just want to see how it goes for a little bit. It has some pretty neat feature, but I really think it's going to jar the system, the banking system. What I mean is that this pay later option, once that gets to roll out, I bet you're going to see a lot more banks start to offer something like this. I really do. Probably. Just to compete because they don't want to lose that business because that's a business to have. But Apple's doing this for interest-free. Wow. It's, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. But yeah, great. I've never clicked that button like PayPal has that same kind of option, pay later. I've never actually investigated investigated that. I wonder how similar it is. I have no right. idea. Yeah, PayPal, you're right. I they, they do act, actually have that. I saw Venmo is having a card now. It's just crazy what all these people are doing. So what else we got going on here? Now, I am... Have you guys seen more subscription? Because I'm starting to get a subscription headache. And that meaning we have so many things are starting to be subscription. And I'm not talking about Netflix, Disney Plus, Paramount, um, cable. There's so many subscription. And the last thing I want to do and to handle is start to have many different types of app subscription. And it seems like slowly but surely we're starting to see more of this. And the two things I came across this month, I just like, I asked the fine people out on Mastodon about this first one. And this is the Bookshare. Have you ever used Bookshare, Mike? Yeah, I have. Um, not recently, though. Right. Yeah, it's I, been a few years probably since I last messed with it. I, You know, I had it for a while, then I didn't for a couple of years. It's just, just simply because I didn't use it enough and I wasn't exactly wanting to spend $50 um, a year for the subscription. Now, granted, I'm not saying it's not worth it. It's just that I might get a book out of there a month. And where a lot of my books are, I've been getting lately is just through the Bard. And I realize the Bard is slow to get new releases and things like that. It takes a long time to get it. And so if that happens and I must have it, I use an app called Libby. And that's my local library service that I can download an audiobook. But 
the point is he is that Bookshare has made an announcement this month. They're raising it from $50 to $80. To me, when I first heard that, I said, good Lord, that's a big jump. And granted, they haven't had a big jump in 20 years. I get that. And I asked people what they thought of that. And I was kind of surprised. There was a lot of people defending Bookshare. They thought the price is still reasonable. And I get that. If you are a heavy Bookshare user, you use a lot of Braille books and things like that, I, I'm with you. That's less than, what, it's about $7 a month. That's not bad at all if it's something you use. But in my case, once a month, that just that price just became just, I just like, I, I'm just not going to renew it. It's I've 80 been, bucks. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I did not use it enough to make that, for me worth it but that being said there's other things that i definitely do use a whole lot more and do subscribe to like D beyond i pay a monthly subscription to them because i use that all the time right so it's just something to think about so i had that to deal with and even if i had bookshare or for those people out there i was kind of concerned about this next one so we all come to love and know voice dream reader familiar with that one mike and I originally used that for reading various docs, PDFs. It does, it's a multi-purpose, but the main thing was my bookshare. So all my books, I was on there and I was able to read it from there. It was just much easier and more robust than this new bookshare reader. But they quietly and stealthily made this a subscription base. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Yes. Now, before people freak out, if you are a voice dream reader purchase, so if you already purchase it, this will not affect you. This is for new users that are just now loading, downloading the voice dream reader for the first time. They will now have the subscription base. Now, the initial cost, are you ready for this? Is 60 bucks a year. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of how for me, uh, I can't think of any enough use cases to make that worth it i do i agree with you what you're saying at the beginning everything turns subscription based right like i understand that it has its perks because you always get the latest updates you'd never have to rebuy software every couple of years when they come out with a new version but there's just so it's, many it well yeah because you got if you got people out there that's got envision subscription you got people with super sense uh, subscription we got all sorts of ira subscription that went up crazy amount and this is what I'm talking about is that everything has gone way up and starting to have subscription and may not be offering one of those one-time payment. And that is one of the biggest complaints. Now, oddly enough, this was, there's a lot of people complained about this and they really don't like that. Um, so the people of Voice Dream Reader heard the complaint and they may consider just doing $40 a year instead, but I understand why they think they need to do this. I get it because Boyston Reader has been around for years and years and years, and they have not gotten any, any extra income. We all purchased them one time, and one time isn't going to help them at all, and a lot of people want the one-time thing, and I'm thinking if I was a developer, I wouldn't offer one time. If I agree I, with you. I, I wouldn't either. It, so I would I would do subscription based, especially something like this. Like if, unless you're intentionally building an app that, like in a year or two, you're just going to let die and just get rid of. If you want something that's going to stick around, you need funding to keep people working on it. it makes right. perfect sense. But that's what the developer said. It says mm -hmm. the advantage that you have for being subscription is that you keep us lot um, accountable. Meaning that if you don't think they're doing a good job, you just stop, and they're going to notice a big drop off and income loss because they aren't so i get that and i you know voice Reader is one of those apps that has gone up and up and up i think i got mine when it was five bucks i was so lucky then it went up to 10 then it went up to 15 and then it was 30 bucks um for a one-time purchase now i think i got it at 10 okay i think it was I, a long time ago right i think i got it on a sale but so i my point of this whole th little subject in this topic was I'm getting pretty um, weary. I'm getting really kind of dogged down by a lot of subscriptions. And I'm sorry, 
if I had to pay 80 bucks a year for Bookshare, and then I have to purchase a subscription of 60 bucks a year on top of that, just to read my darn books, forget it. I'm no, gone. I'll just do I, the library thing like you were talking about. That, right. Yeah. Now, I, just, I just wouldn't. There are Bookshare Reader, which is free. It's not the greatest app, but it is doable. It's very minimalistic. It's simple and no frill thrill. If that might suit you. And and then a lot of people probably use their Braille display. They can download the books themselves or possibly use it on a Victor Reader, whatever that is. There's many different ways you can do it, but Foyston Reader was the go-to gold standard when it came to Bookshare books. Now, Granted, it does a lot more than Bookshare. I, I get that. And if you do a lot of PDFs and documents, I suppose that would be good. If I had to do this all over and I were to uh, say I haven't bought it, I wouldn't be. I would not be doing a subscription to Voice Dream Reader either. Uh, I agree. It's just not a thing I use enough. Right. I'll be curious. Any of the listeners out there, what your thought is on this? Give us an email at unleash at applevis.com or send us an audio clip. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this particular subject. Now, the thing I'm getting excited about is the new OS that we are going to be hearing about next month in WWDC. So there's a lot of least starting to spurt and start to come out. And some of these things are pretty cool. I, for one, the watch OS, I am really, really excited for. And that is there's talk about doing a revamp of the interface of the Apple Watch. In particular is the, what do you want to call it? The home screen when I hit the crown and then I get a billion gazillion swipe. I have to go through all the apps and there's no multiple pages, things like that. But discussions is it's going to introduce folders. What do you think of that? Honestly, I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long. Right? I really, truly am. I, this is one of those things that when I first read, I was like, oh, finally. That was because I don't, I don't use an Apple Watch. And I well, honestly just kind of assumed that it was already there. It is a big mess. It's just like this. It's just like just a barf. list. It's one yeah. of that. Here's a list. And I, you could probably easily have 30, 40 apps in there like mine, and they're just swipe, 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 swipe. Or I just use the crown to scroll and just kind of go up. And it's just not very efficient for those with voiceover on a watch. Yes, it's, I have the dock, and that's the bottom button, and you can customize 10 apps that you use frequently in there. So that's what I do now. I just hit the dock button, and then it shows me what's on my dock, and I can quickly go to that. But this folder thing, that is a whole new game. I am very excited to hear that for so those Apple Watch users be on the watch for possible interface change, which means we'll have folders. And let's talk about iOS 17. We have talked about this for many months of things that we've heard are coming. And with no exceptions, as it gets closer, we're getting more information. The big one is... What version is this going to support? Meaning which phones and which iPad and the whole nine yards. And there has been mixed articles out there. There are some saying that iPhone 8 and iPhone 10 users are not going to be able to go on to iOS 17. And then later, some of the big batters out there are saying, no, that's not true. We still have iPhone 8 and 17. So here's my rule of thumb I tell people. How long should I expect an iOS to last? I always say five years. Five years is the minimum. And so if this stays the course and you do support iPhone 8, that is going to make it six years. So we will wait and see. It's not the first time that they support six years. And because it's a refresher um, update, nothing major. I think personally, I'm leaning more towards that you are going to be able to use your iPhone 8 and 10. I think this will be your last year of an iOS before a new major change come for iOS 18. So that's just my two cents. Yeah, I, I actually completely agree. Um, it seems like it will be support the 8s and 10s, but next year, you next year on 17 unless you get a new phone. Right. So I, I am pretty positive. Um, High chance, probable chance that iOS 18 will not work on your iPhone 8. And uh, that would be the A11 chipset. 
of 2017. So if you have one of those chips, you can say goodbye to that. So just something to think about. You have another year to do it, but I think we're going to be safe here. Some of the new things they're talking about, and I'm not really of a spotlight guy. This search, keep building, you have the spotlight. I only ever open that on accident. I right? never, ever have actually used that on purpose. So supposedly we're supposed to get improvements, some big changes to the spotlight in terms of what you can be able to search and such. Now, I do know some people that do use it. And if you're looking for an app, I never thought about it. Or if you want to search for something on your phone that might be in your message or mail, I suppose you could, I just never think about it. I just, that's my problem. I just never think about it. And really, it's very rare that I would ever need something like that. Yeah. I have attempted a number of times to use the same or similar function on my Mac, and it just never, ever, ever seems to get it right. Like yeah. I'll search for a document that I know I have saved under a certain title, and it'll pull up emails that just have that word in it. Like it's just, it's never accurate. Uh, and I, but I think that's probably, honestly, part of why I just never mess it on the phone. If I need an app, I tell Siri to open it. Or right. I swipe over to the uh, app library and just search right there. I've never once actually tried to use the uh, the, the search feature. Yeah. But it's I, supposed to be good, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it is supposed to say. be good. And the only time I ever use that screen is my widgets. Some of the widgets that I have, my battery widgets are over there. I can check on my um, watch and my headphones on there. But the big one is my VPN. I use VPN quite a bit. And my Surfshark is over there, so I can just swipe double tap and it's on so i don't have to bring up the apps look through it and connect it it makes the widget a lot easier um what else we got that i'm hearing about they're going to expand the dynamic island which is i again this is another feature i think is really for sighted people that can say oh there's a little thing there it's telling me something oh that's cool it so another word you don't have to remember that it's there so that's my problem i keep forgetting that it's there so for example if i have something playing in music wise um we can just tap on the dynamic island and we can go to the next track and the previous track but that's the same as just unlocking the, the phone on the lock screen we have the same media play there but in other words it's underutilized for me i just never really think about it and use it but apparently they're going to be expanding that as well so maybe this will help uh re i guess develop your habits maybe it'll start getting you used to using it for other things because i'm the same way as you if i'm switching media stuff i just do it on the lock screen right and so you know it does a lot other things like you can check on your timer so you don't have to ask it you can just tap on it and tells you how much time you have I just don't think about it. So it's more of a memory muscle. So I just yeah. have to use and use, but it's limited in terms of what uses that and only certain third-party apps. There's more and more taking advantage of it, but if they expand that as they are going to do in iOS 17, the more, the uh, better. Now, they are discussing, and there's no information what they mean by this, that they are talking about a major revamp of the control center. Thank the God. The control center is just a big wad of mess. It's like my app on my watch. There's a lot of swiping, nothing really nice. I rarely ever use it. I use it quite a bit for Bluetooth on and off and um, my focus mode. That's the only thing I do with it is turn off my sleep focus every morning. That's it. Right. And I get it. We can use Siri and all that. I don't know why, but it's just whatever habit that you come to use and i'm just one of those people that use a habit of the control center just go down to the middle find my focus and double tap that it'll be interesting i hope they don't make this a complete mess you know hint hint the lock screen i think is a complete mess for voiceover users i know that it contains some really cool things but it also brought some big headaches like your notification being at the very bottom and it's being squashed up as not as nice as it used to be like i used to be able to look at all of my notifications without having to go to a notification center i almost always just unlock my phone and then swipe down and go into it <laughs> you just skip that whole thing then it's just yeah i don't if i if, yeah if i have more than one i don't even look at the lock screen huh. almost exclusively the only thing my lock screen does is give me access to play pause rewind fast forward right pretty much it now 
handed, there are some useful widgets. I use the weather widget on there. So I check my weather on that and that is very useful. And it's also my secondary place to check for battery without having to turn off the phone or lock it and then unlock it to see that battery widget. Yep. Um, as soon as you open it, you get the battery widget there. There are some useful things in there that can be useful more so than the dynamic island for me. So I do use my lock screen more than I use a dynamic island. Not very often, but more times than not. The weather especially, I always check that. And my notification down the bottom, I always check. That's the two things I look on the lock screen. Um, so being a refresher year, this means they are going to improve the apps that are built in. And one of those I've heard is a major revamp of the Apple Music app. Another one that I say, thank the God, is that I love my Apple Music. Don't get me wrong. I just think the interface is a little convoluted and a little bloated and a little too much. God, I hope they don't make this any more bloatware than it is. Um, I hope they do some more streamlining and making it more um, easy to get to things like that. Making new playlists, adding new songs can be a little difficult sometimes. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. I know you're a Spotify user, so. um, Yep. Yep. Up until, it's been about two years, I think. Up until then, it was exclusively Apple Music, but I have jumped ship. Yeah, because the podcast, you want to get that. Yeah, that's what started the whole thing for me. And I just never went back. That and, and then I have the all the kind of the new experience of having like teenage children who would call me like, Dad, all my friends have Spotify and like can't share music. And I'm like, What? Yes, you can. You can still send it and then they just have to type in the name. I'm like, but I can't just click on it. So like there was that <laughs> weird thing. So between the two, I was like, fine, we're just switching. Yeah, you know. I see those conversations on Apple Viz every so often about how Spotify interface is a little weird, a little clunky. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they break accessibility to come back, they fix it. So they both have pros and cons. That is for darn sure. And then lastly, um, some of you might be interested. There is discussion about a new app called Journal for journaling. So it sounds like that's going to be coming in that will allow you to do your journaling. <laughs> hmm. Who journals? Do you know I, the journals? There are people out there that do journal. I do see people ask on Apple Viz, what is a good Interesting. journal out there? You know, they can journal um, all sorts of things. Maybe your diabetic level or maybe your moods or you got to keep track. I'm curious if 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 you're listening to this and you journal and you are willing to tell me what you journal about. Like I just am sitting here thinking, what in the world would I write down that I wouldn't want to immediately like delete as soon as I saw it again? Yeah, I don't know. Give us I'm a call. Intrigued. Give us a call or email us at unleashed at applevis.com or send an audio clip to unleashed at applevis.com. We want to hear it and we'll put it on here on the mailbag. Mike wants to know what journal app you use and what do you use it for? That's a good question. One last thing before we head out of here for iOS 17 stuff. This is something I was surprised and shocked to hear that I heard some accessibility rumors. This is the first time I have ever heard this before other than the Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which is coming up in May. But before that, this is something new. So there's a new custom accessibility settings that is coming that sounds like that gives you more control of your lock screen and home screen with accessible UI elements. Meaning, my understanding is going to be more like give you the ability to get rid of the dock on the bottom, give you the ability to resize the app size on your home screen so you can have a little bit bigger button if you need that, and more options like that. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of a big thing for low vision folks out there. But if I can arrange more accessible things on the live screen, I'll be interested in that. I think this is going to be a low vision stuff only, not so much for blind people. I think what we have is still going to be just fine. I think it's just going to be sizes and getting rid of certain things. However, I can see where some people probably are confused about this dock 
area and don't want that at all, you can get rid of that. That might help as well. But anywho, that's the last one I have to include for our iOS, iOS 17 rumors. I did see one little teeny tiny thing about maybe side-loading capabilities down the road, but we'll have to see how that all plays out. Right, Mike. I'm glad you brought that up. So curious. So here's the latest on that. And there is no doubt that Apple will have to comply to this DMA, Digital Marketing Act, that the EU has passed. What is up in the air is there will no doubt that you will have the side loading capabilities. I have very high chance or gut feeling this is going to happen. Well, two things to think about. Number one, I don't think it's going to be initially released immediately. So in other words, they might mention it at the WWDC that it's coming, but I don't think it's going to take effect for some time because they have time to do this. And that's, I mentioned before, I think next month in May is the time that they're going to announce when is you have to have it. And I've heard, I thought it says March 2024. So that means more, I think more probability than not, they will probably hold back on the side loading until the latest they can. Yeah, it'll probably be February, right? Or like March 1st. It'll be right before the deadline, I'm sure. Right. So wherever that deadline is, is when we can expect that side loading to come out. So not an initial release of iOS 17 for sure, but here's the kicker. There are big rumors and big high probability chance again, that this is going to be Europe only. So I I'm hearing a lot of that. I'm, I've heard that from two, three different places and sources that is going to be Europe exclusive and any places that have such as this side load to be required is where it's going to take effect. Yeah. So because the rest of us will have to keep jailbreaking if we want to do it. <laughs> exactly. So I was kind of mixed on that. I get why they're doing that. Cause they're being, I don't know. They're just being dummies. They they're just like, just going to no. follow the letter of the law. Just, I am yeah. not going to do it, Mike. Mm-mm. Not till I absolutely have to. Fine. Yeah. That person gets it, but nobody else. Yeah, and, it kind of is like that. Like, fine, if you say we have to, but only you guys. Right. I'm not giving this playground ball to everybody. Mm-mm. Only certain people. Yeah. So that's what I'm hearing. And so that's my prediction is what's going to happen. So I'm anxious to hear what comes down. All right, on to what's new in AppleVis for this month. I always highlight a couple things I like to talk about. And there is a game out there for those that like these audio-based games. There is one that is really unique and different. We always have this pretty standard, typical things like the Blind Quest 2 and 3 that came out. But my issue with the Blind Quest 2 and 3 that I've been playing with is that there seem to be some swiping issues in certain areas. I'm just not able to perform a swipe gestures. I, it's definitely a bug, but I was thought they have made an update to it by now because I know there's other people complaining, so I'm just kind of disappointed. But anywho, this one is called Purple Friday. It's totally different. You have to use your phone in this game, meaning that the accelerator in it, you have to tilt the phone here and fro. There's a good podcast by Melissa Rowe on the um, AppleVis site that goes through the game itself. Give it a listen. It is a really cool game if you are into those kind of games. Now, there is another game, and a lot of you probably remember this, and it's called Time Quest. And this was the Game Award, Golden Apples Award, and the developer of the year of 2016. Long time ago, we all absolutely went bonkers for this game. It is a book, kind of a choose-your-adventure kind of book game. And what they've done, they made a major revamp of Time Quest. That is unheard of. These days and age, typically you would get a game and it's forever lost. may get a couple updates and then it's gone. Well, geez, fuck. Seven years later, we still have this game and they're making a revamp. Um, So the Time Quest 1, Beta Connection, that's the book 
There's three books and there's Time Quest, and that's the one they've redone. Now there is 120,000 new words included to that Time Quest 1 with 620,000 words in this Choose Your Own Adventure book. That is a lot. So that is a lot of words, and I know a lot of people loved it, much so because it was the Golden Apples of of the year. And at that time, people went bonkers. So get your time quest back out. Yeah, get I'm back glad out. they came back and did that. That's awesome. Right? I love it. And so they have add not just new words, but they add 50 new features and bugs fixes. They have add animations and accessibility improvements. So anytime they put new accessibility improvements into something like this is amazing. So check it out. And that is going to do for this month, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And like always, before we do wrap up and scoot out of here, I brought a movie recommendation. Okay. For those of you that maybe grew up playing around in the Nintendo ecosystem, the new Super Mario Brothers movies, I was genuinely surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Right. It's good. I was surprised of the Rotten Tomatoes rating was higher than I expected. I really like I went into it with very low expectations. I generally (laughs) don't I don't usually like looking at reviews and ratings and anything like that before seeing a movie. And this one I went into it without any of it, but my expectations already were pretty low because more often than not, when they try to make a video game movie, it's bad. But they did they did very good with this one. I really liked it. Jack Black, he's phenomenal. You know, and saying that, Mike, and usually to tell if a movie is bad, you could just look at the um, how much it made, right? Yep. And usually it's a flop, major flop. You all say it was a major disappointment, major flop. No, it was like it broke a major record for animation. I was like, <laughs> was good. what? It was beat it beat Disney bestseller animation on a weekend. It, it's the number one animation out there, and it is to exceed one billion dollars tells you something about the movie it was much more mm, some people might take this uh, the wrong and i don't mean it i don't mean this in any sort of bad way but like compared to sort of the standard disney um like framework for a movie right this didn't have like even when there were like weird songs or things like it was (laughs) kind of non-stop action throughout there was never really a lull in any of it there was because my usually my youngest my 10 year old is one that gets bored in movies when the dialogue is happening like even the latest thor movie got bored he's bouncing around his seat this one he was locked on that screen the whole time it just kept him totally engaged maybe that's they've taken some hints from i don't know the youtube generation growing up these days and just made it fast and just packed with action but it it works it was not too much for me it wasn't just overwhelming or anything like that. It's just a solid movie. Hey, Disney, if you're listening, listen, there might be something there. Maybe we don't need Let It Go, Let It Go, or <laughs> Where's Bruno? You know, any of that catchy songs. You know, I know Disney love raking in money, and, the, and, and songs is one of that. Two, it's always got to be a princess in there or somebody they can make billions off. So, yeah, this is kind of a nice movie that to kind of go to that is different type of animation and it's non-stop that is compelling i i may want to see that i enjoyed it okay that's a good recommendation i'm definitely going to check that out all right well i am going to do a little update on randy's behalf i just want to let you know how randy is doing i thought you all deserve to know and i kept the best for last and i have been speaking with randy for the past four weeks i've been calling him every week and seeing how he's doing let him know he's he is in my mind and all of us are still thinking of him he is getting along his speech is improving so um i love hearing his voice you know it's that voice i love about randy and his sense of humor is still needs a lot of work um and but it's progressing so we we he's very happy and he's very blessed to be uh, um, given a second chance so um, my understanding is that if you want to email Randy on the computer do so 
it sounds like he is able to get into his computer just enough to be able to read emails and respond back to it, which is great news. I love hearing that. And so you might get a surprise of him responding back to you. So contact me, me if you need his email address. I'm sure he would love to hear from you and you guys can talk from there. But that's all I have for this month. And so that is going to do for AppleViz Unleashed for April 2023. Saying goodbye for Mike and I. My name is Thomas Donville, also known as Nanomouse. Till next time, bye-bye. Please feel free to contact the AppleViz Unleashed team with a feedback, tips, or questions at unleashed at applevis.com or call at 816-287-1482. This AppleViz podcast has been brought to you by the community of applevis.com for the latest in resources and tips and tricks to get you the best experience from your Apple device. Visit www.applevis.com. Thank you.